Welcome to this week's Treasury Career Corner podcast, where I interview treasury professionals about their treasury careers. Each and every week, I talk to them about how they've built their careers, where they are now, where they see both themselves and the treasury profession going to next. Let's get on with the show. In this week's show, I'm joined by Abraham Geldenheis, the Vice President and Group Treasurer at Kongsberg Automotive. Now, Kongsberg Automotive, they provide world-class products to the global vehicle industry. And Abraham is actually based over, or AC as I know him, as we're mates and stuff like that. He's actually uh, based over in the headquarters in Zurich. And he actually joined the group midst of a relocation, which we'll get onto a bit later on in the episode. But he's got this amazing background right the way through from South Africa and everything else. But again, as we said before the show, we're going to whiz through his career because he's got some real, well, amazing stuff to tell us. And he's won some awards, some Adam Smith Awards, which is great through Treasury Today and does some really amazing stuff around cash. And again, the only thing we're going to have to do is control ourselves because this could be a two-hour episode rather than a 40-minute one, as people used to you know, have on a commute and stuff. Abraham, or AC, as I'm, I'm usually calling it. Mate, tell us about your career today and how you first discovered finance and then treasury, really. So back to you, sir, as always. Yeah, Mike, thank you very much. And uh, thanks for having me this, this afternoon for, for the session. Yeah, I mean, it really started as, you know, let's let's take it a little bit further back as to high school. You know, I, I, I thought to myself, you know, what is I want to go and do? A friend of mine actually said to me, you know, introduce me to the chartered accountancy route. And, and then it was, a, it was a done deal for me because right there and then I realized, you know, having that, I'll be able to do anything in the finance world, at least on a global level. I spent two quick years outside of high school in New York, actually carrying on a private golf course before I started studying. And then I started the route of, you know, going into the, the finance studies, you know, on, on route to become a chartered accountant, which yeah. then includes the, you know, your typical training route through a, a big four audit firm, which I spent in South Africa. And then I got the opportunity, you know, together with my family to move to Switzerland, but still in auditing. Once I spent enough time in auditing, you know, I, I'd really decided, you know, I would love to sit on the other side of the table. And as many treasurers... You know, I never decided to go into treasury. You know, it, it, it's, I got, you know, almost stumbled upon it. Mm. And I had the opportunity to join the consulting practice you know, at PwC Switzerland uh, in, in the corporate treasury site. And when you, sorry, when you say you had, you know, you not had exposure to it, how did they sell it to you internally? Did they say, oh, here's treasury and things? They thought, oh, actually, that sounds interesting. Or what hooked you in, if you like, at that stage? I always had an interest in, in, in financial instruments, you know, specific yeah. financial instruments. And that was always interesting to encounter. You know, I think it's also due to the 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 complexity that almost say the over overshot complexity sometimes. You know, I met somebody actually at an informal break, you know, in the PwC office in Switzerland, you know, starting to talk about treasury. And right there and then I thought to myself, you know, this could very well be my way out of audit. Mm. <laughs> you know, my escape. So, exactly. And, and I think, you know, once I started to discover more and more about it, and I was also then encouraged to, you know, to look into the ACT program, of which I've done some of it. I think it, for me, it was it was clear. This is something that has the reach, and I still see that every day today, has the reach into almost like, a, you know, almost all sections of, of finance. So, yeah, I mean, that then I actually, you know, joined that team and, and, and that comprised out of, you know, the typical treasury consulting practice. But I also then had to still, you know, do treasury, specialized treasury audits. So, you know, those centralized treasury departments, you know, which was kind of the deal with, with the audit department back then. 
you'd had enough of consulting and it's a great way to get a really good range of expertise. Did you not want to continue within consulting? And, you know, I know that sometimes it drifts you, you know, a lot of consultants, they sort of actually drift away. It's a bit like recruitment in a way. Sometimes they you do recruitment, group recruitment, and then they oh now manage in consulting a lot of the time. And I've had some really great consultants on the podcast. You do the job, you then do more treasure advice, treasure advice, and there's, oh, hang on, now start selling. Is that the way it was going to go? Or why did you then think, actually, I want to be working within a, a core treasury? Yeah, well, that's typically the way it goes. I mean, the mm. higher you go up the ranks, you need to you need to start generating revenue, right? I mean, mm. I mean, there's no just no doubt about it. You know, somebody has to pay the bills. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, then looking at the consulting world, I mean, I think the, the the life of a treasury consultant today is can can be a very very exciting one. I think it just depends on on what you encounter. But you know, I think it also depends as to you know what you're exposed to, what is you know currently running in the market, who who wants to look into let's say treasury's you know management system implementations, who wants to revamp their cash flow forecasting cycle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's really you know I would say a bit limited as to you know what is available. But then you get to work on a on a big part of the process, but not the end to end part of the process, right? right? Because at one stage you basically hand it over, and then it's the corporate that has to run with it. So you know I think very exciting about the consulting practice, and I think I would take anything away from that is is you know you get to see quite a lot of different companies different setups and you know, that's the, that was very much the same in the audit mm. on the audit side but you know I was really curious to you know just like I said to sit on the other side of the table and be part of a, a decision maker but obviously you know that was not my day one in in the corporate treasury world you know I had to almost take a bit of a lateral step again because then you know you're stepping out of the consulting world and now suddenly you want to step into the corporate world and you know, it's not necessarily that you're just going to start, you know, being getting promoted to, with regards to that. You made that step and you joined Alaris. What well, what did they do? And, you know, that was your first treasury, corporate treasury role, as it were, actually. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple of other moves. Talk us through those. I think Alaris and as well as Constellium, which I joined subsequently to, to Alaris, was, was is both in the metal and mining business, mm-hmm. rolled aluminium, you know, also, you know, provided products to, to you know, to the aircraft industry and also to the automotive industry and also extrusions. So two two very similar, and I wouldn't call, you know, they were almost, you know, a bit of competitors, but it was a, it was an easy transition. But I think what, what I was very, you know, I would say fortunate there was to get introduced to 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 the corporate world, but on a on a I would say more a cash management setup on the on the Alera side. And and when I when I got the opportunity to move to to Constellium, that was really a centralized, you know, fully fledged treasury with I think with all the bells and whistles that you would find in, in you know, I would say corporate treasury. So hmm. I think that was a good experience and it was a good introduction as to how I would I would call it how a corporate treasury should look like. You Constellium, and then let's get into Kongsberg. So, how did the role come about? And tell us about the sort of what the group does. Then you know, and it's great. It's nice and early in the episode because we've got lots of lots yep. of time to really focus in on that. So, over yeah. back to you. No, I mean, I think absolutely. I think the opportunity then came along with Kongsberg, and I joined Kongsberg in October seventeen, Mike. And you know, I think you know, just kind of you know, almost interrupt myself a little bit there. Yeah. One thing that I always felt that gave me a little bit of an advantage, you know, was having the accountant accountancy background as well. To being able to kind of really, you know, get the the front and the back end of, let's say, the transactions, if you make if you may call it that. Typically, when I moved into the corporate treasury world, then I, I quickly realized that very often, uh, more often than not, you know, the accountants and the treasurers, you know, have, have a little bit of, a, I would say, you know, I would say intense discussions around certain <laughs> topics, you know, which is, which is now not something that's uncommon. But that basically was laying a lot of groundwork. And then when I got the opportunity to join Kongsberg, you know, it was right amidst their 
transition or let's say their relocation from from Norway. So you know, Kongsberg Automotive is an automotive you know part supplier, and we can talk a lot about Kongsberg. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a very interesting setup, you know, and we 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 operate the business basically in three segments, which is you know driveline, powertrain, chassis. We have interior products and then in what we call our, our speciality product segment. The company is very interesting. I think if you look at a revenue base, it's about 1 billion euros. But what makes it really interesting from a treasury perspective, Mike, is it's a real multinational, I would say, monster from a treasury perspective because we are really east to west, you know, in, in a lot of jurisdictions and typically like in a multinational setup dealing with 13 plus currencies, you know, of which euro and dollar is the is the main ones or are the main ones. Mm. That makes it really interesting. And then, you know, what to highlight as well, just before we go into the details of, of what came about with this with this exciting role and opportunity for that matter, is that all three of these corporate treasuries that I worked for was net debt. Right. You know, and still is net debt and single B rated, single B rated companies. Now, that always brings a very interesting and not an interesting, but it brings a special focus right onto the treasury department with regards to financing, refinancing, cash management and risk management with regards to FX and, and interest rates, et cetera, et cetera. So the opportunity, when the opportunity came along for Kongsberg, this was roughly a green I would say greenfield uh, treasury opportunity, although there was an existing treasury department. But I think, you know, through through the changes and, and uh, Kongsberg, you know, made, made, made one big, big acquisition, things just, uh, I would say, not even organically, but it just exploded for the company that size. And then suddenly, you know, with, with, their, with the relocation to Switzerland and refinement that had to take place and a new vision, new management, I would say a lot of new departments had to be established and, and, and to support the, the strategic growth of, of the company. And when you say that, you sort of talked about that being in that net debt position. It sounds like, and again, we've spoken about this before, that you know that cash becoming king, it's not private equity. You're, you're a standalone yep. company and everything else, and that's not the case. But again, I, I said to you before that Julie Fabris, who we had on a previous episode, she's worked for lots of private equity companies. And, and you were just, again, we've, we've commented about the real way you drill down with cash and that being a passion area for you. Why, why is that, you know, the, the key thing? You, you know, again, you, you gave a really good description of why it's right at the heart of every business. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that there's definitely a different flavor, Mike, when, mm. when you are working for private equity versus a public company. I mean, yeah. Kongsberg is a publicly you know, listed company in the Oslo Stock Exchange. So was Constellium being on the New York Stock Exchange. So, I mean, there's a different flavor when it's private equity versus public companies. However, mm. for the focus, what I refer to when I, when I mean, you know, I would say net debt and single B, you know, suddenly refinance risk and, and, the, and, and your ability, I, I said to you earlier, you don't just get hand-me-downs from financial institutions when you're single B rated, right? So refinancing, setting up your financial and your capital structure is a bit of a different discussion than, than somebody who's, you know, triple A or, you know, it's, you know, it's a double B rated. And then that just literally drills down to the way you also behave in your cash flow forecasting and also, you know, let's let's say, you know, manage your cash. Mm. Because again, you know, every every piece of cash, you know, you can save, you save, and, and if you can deleverage, you will do that. But you know, cash management, it, you know, does then become, I would say, a lot of the center of the attention. However, you cannot put the refinancing and the financing part aside just due to the fact that, you know, you're net debt, right? So it's going to come up that you have to refinance. And then the question is, you know, how much experience you have going into these 
and in these areas, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, before joining Kongsberg, I have not, I've never been, you know, as actively involved in, for instance, a high yield bond transaction. It's always a question for certain treasuries, you know, you know, you know, how has not done this? You know, what, what, what is it to it, right? And then you suddenly realize what it's all about. But this was at the forefront. So, so I joined Kongsberg, and before I joined Kongsberg, you have a lot of these articles that talk about, you know, the first hundred days of a treasurer. Yeah. Like, what are you going to achieve in your first hundred days of a treasurer? And then stepping into an organization who doesn't really know treasury, put a little bit of a different flavor on it on top of that as well. But at the forefront of that, with regards to then sitting in front of the CFO, laying out this a strategic roadmap to say, listen, I think this is what we have. This is where we should go. And that's how we're going to get there. And then with the refinancing in the forefront, that made this opportunity and this job so much more exciting, right? So we just set out to literally turn every stone, if you could call it that, Mike, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, with regards to, you know, anything treasury. So from refinancing to trade finance instruments, to cash management, you know, to treasury system implementations, to a little bit of fintech on the transfer pricing, you know, that's one of the Adam Smith awards that we got for, for the intercompany pricing and rating tool. I would say two, touching the way cash is applied, cash is released. I mean, you know, I think we can go on and on and on and on. Once you're sitting in a position where there's where there's really low-hanging fruit and then lots of opportunity, I think that's what you know ultimately excited me. And that together with the with with the increased level of responsibility, as you know, my passion to make a positive change. You've restructured it, brought it up together. But at the same time, you won this, again, two Adam Smith Awards. You know, One was the FinTech Solution, but then you actually took it on that next level and won the harnessing the power of technology. Can you just talk us through that before, during, and after phase of not necessarily just the award? And I know that we were talking about this, oh, but you know, don't want to go on about it too much and da-da-da, but I'm very happy to hear about it because I think it's really powerful to people. And we had a pre-podcast call a couple of weeks ago, and you explained to me how how you went down to that next level, next level, and, and just kept going, you know, like deep dived in the in the mining there of, yeah. of cash. Can you just describe that the before? So what was the situation before? How you then took it, and then where you are now? So talk us through that. A little bit of background to that, Mike. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great question. I think we can we can elaborate a bit on that. Is yeah. that when I started, you know, setting out my plan and my strategic roadmap, and you know, getting all worked up and excited, I still remember. That first week I joined the company, I went to Norway, came back to Switzerland, sat in front of the CFO, and I, and I was almost a bit shaking. I said, listen, we need to do this, 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 this. And he says to me, listen, just calm down. Make sure you have everything <laughs> transferred and all that. And I was already thinking about, you know, changes and implementations, et cetera, et cetera. I was then, you know, I would say approaching a couple of peers and I had a couple of, you know, soundboarding uh, sessions and, and and we brought in a consultancy, uh, you know, and I started speaking to the consultant and he said, and he looked me in the eye and said, listen, if you pull all of this off, you know, we should absolutely nominate you guys for the Adam Smith Awards. And yeah. at that time, Mike, I said to him, what is the Adam Smith Awards? Probably I shouldn't say that out loud, but I didn't know what the Adam Smith Awards were. I think it's probably just because you know, I haven't really looked into these uh, these yeah. things. I mean, that's, it's not really why I do treasury. So he says to me, listen, you know, you need to look into this. And it's it's a really it's a, it's a nice platform and it's, it's, a, it's a prestige award that recognizes you know, movements in the treasury world. So I said to him, okay, great, but let's let's first get it done. And then we start getting going for the nomination. So it really started with that. And the first one that we targeted was was this implementation of the stool. And I think we probably, you know, shouldn't go into the details of the stool right now. Then it basically evolved and elaborated into into the big transformation which 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 we aim to do mike right so mm. we wanted to really like i said before turn every stone and then we we started talking about you know completely reorganizing the banking structure 
you know, making sure that we, you know, partner that with the correct, you know, technology, but then make sure our processes are there to support that. So I always say that, you know, process should lead and in technology can enable that. But, mm. you know, once we started to, you know, work on this, it just grew bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And obviously, like any of these programs and, you know, I would say transformations, it goes with business cases and, you know, presenting it. It's not just somebody saying, listen, yeah, go for it. I mean, it's money. And, you know, so it grew. And I have to absolutely tell you, I mean, you talk about the team and involvement. I mean, it was a monumentous effort. But, you know, it was not just the treasury team. We had we had incredible cross-departmental collaboration, you know, from legal to accounting to, to a guy sitting in our IS&T department, you know, which is an SAP, for instance, generalist. And this guy just simply stepped it up and started looking into payment types, you know, as detailed as, you know, your so-called DME trees and SAP grasped the project. So that just went from phase to phase to phase and it grew big. But we also presented it, you know, as a full end-to-end transformation. And one of the key things is we wanted to also take on commercial payments in the treasury team. And that's something that you all, you know, often you get into corporate treasuries, they talk about treasury payments and commercial payments, but we wanted to have it all in one, uh, under one umbrella and a relatively small team, mm. but we wanted to almost have that, you know, we wanted to have that red button to say it goes out or it doesn't go out. Right, payment wise. Yeah. And then coupled with, with, with proper planning, but we could probably speak about that a bit later. But then what I want to refer to, you know, is this a, a, a transformation like this takes a lot of effort, comes, you know, it's, it's together with a lot of stress, a lot of hard work. And I think most of the time people underestimate that. You know, a lot of treasury departments underestimate that. You know, people think they can do that amongst their own team. And, and you know, then, you know, I think I would say if you think you can do that with your current team, you know, and take on a massive project like that, you know, what were they doing before? Mm-hmm. Right? And then, you know, it, it just comes to your mind that you have to have the right support in mm-hmm. order to bring something like this live. So monumentous, big effort, cross-departmental collaboration and also PMO involvement, right? I mean, you need to have the stakeholders need to take accountability and move this forward. And me as being the owner of the project, you know, you have to ultimately drive it, but you have to show your people the excitement. So mm-hmm. I spent quite a bit of time, Mike, traveling around, sitting in front of people, but I also try to excite them and with a, with a focus on try. Because when you start talking about something like an in-house bank, which in the, in a corporate treasury world is not something new. I mean, it existed since forever, if you could say that. In, in, in other departments, they don't know what, what it is, what, what you mean. Mm. So you need, I, I needed to spend quite a bit of time you know, getting people excited of what this transformation will mean. Because the first question that they normally ask is, you know, is it going to mean more work for me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's multiple components of that. But, you know, to your question, the Adam Smith Awards. Yes. So we, we nominated and we, we entered that, you know, that was also through our banking partners, the consultancy and also the treasury management system provider, sort of a, a team effort we entered. And we were very privileged to to, to win the honesty the power of technology oh, it's a section and I think we have a couple of more in our sleeves but maybe mm. we should we should also slow it down a bit and, yeah and, we'll and, take and, a breath because you're going to pass out we'll me because normalize you, it but it's All great because right. you've got this passion for treasury which I absolutely adore and I think it's great but let's go back a stage so you just talked mm. about there about resource and stuff like that and I had in the midst of lockdown, I've talked about this on a little bit or touched on a little bit in panels. There's one of my treasurers and they might even be listening today. So, you know, we'll, we'll see if they identify themselves or self-identify. They've implemented a new treasury system throughout lockdown. You know, a really testing, trying year. They were like, oh, we've done really well. They've actually said we've done great and everything else. And they've not done so well. 
they think that they, they've got to themselves, you know, into this state where they think, oh, yeah, we've done really, really. I, but two of their team have registered with me. Now, I can't obviously disclose that to them or and everything else. And I'm just sort of saying, oh, yeah, they've done really well. And they're not. They, the team have had to cope with the challenges that, are, you know, the pandemic's thrown at them, the coping with homeschoolers. And, and on top of that, their day jobs. And as if there weren't enough bringing in this new system and they're like oh you know they're, they're just absolutely broken you you looked at that and you did it differently as well because you know that workload upon workload talk us through how you harness that people wise and some of that because i thought that was a really interesting point as well from before you know we were lucky to bring this life before before we hit this pandemic however yeah. you know one of the things that i want to refer back to and that's what we spoke about is when you staff your team and when you build your team and it is it is really difficult in a scenario where you first for us had to sell treasury and bring an understanding of treasury into the organization and then if you start asking for resources they're like no 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 you know you you guys enough i mean you, mm. you you have one person that's enough so but then then you know you need to get to a point where you need to say okay guys but it's going to mean this we're going to take on commercial payments we're going to do all this 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 and this we need we need a i would say at least a small to medium sized treasury mm. team now when you staff your team with the with the you know i would say you know vision to do a transformation of the scale and the size and at the speed that we were trying to do it you need to take that into consideration Com- you know you absolutely have to think so now you can only hire like you know what is available in the market but i think one of the things that that you absolutely have to focus on is that you will be able to be there enough for the people that works in that team mm. now Looking back, you know, that's probably something that I feel I could have done way better because, you know, sometimes that also comes at a cost. You know, it mm-hmm. comes at a cost mm-hmm. because, you know, I have the the other side of things I say, Mike, and I'll come back to the, the, to the crux here. But, you know, people start transformation projects and implementation of management systems and new banking structures, and it takes certain corporates three to four to five years. Now, yes, there's a lot of variables, but if you start spending that amount of time, on transforming, depending on the size of a company, then you start losing steam because you know in, inevitably you're going to start you know having rotation in your staff levels, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. However, the point that I want to make is when you staff up to do something like that, you know it it doesn't always make sense to just get the cheapest resource out there, mm. right? You know you need to make sure that you have somebody senior and independent enough to be able to run the race with you because. Mm. In those months, and, and I think a lot of people can identify that in those months, you know, running up to the go live date, you know, the stress builds and you need to have all the stakeholders on track, whether it be legal, whether it be a treasury management system provider, whether it be your in-house, your internal accounting or treasury or let's say group finance department, you know, you constantly have to do same checks and yes, you hit roadblocks hmm. and inherently there are conflict that occurs. So, you know, one of the things that I, you know, at, at that specific point, and you know, a point that I want to make is you need to be able to, number one, spend enough time with those new hires. And we were also in the, in the place right there where we, we had to take on, you know, completely new hires shortly before we went live. Mm. And that's tough because then suddenly somebody comes in and they're basically running your race. Mm. You need to convince them. You need to kind of, and that's, that's something that I think I could have done or we could have done better. It comes at a cost, you know, when you want to move at that pace. And I think a lot of treasurers and a lot of departments can 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 sort of identify with that. But you know, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, Mike, because you know, a go live and I would say a fully encompassed, I would say, transformation that we did is a stressful scenario. You mm. know, and it, it comes with weekends, it comes with extra work. But I mean, that's just what it, that's just what it costs. 
And with you, you know, and with that, as you were planning this out, and again, there'll be other people, this is an advice show as much as anything. You, you know, standing back from it and, you know, maybe the, actually, when you were looking and planning out that project, you maybe had your checklist and your, your roadmap, if you like. So you then did it. Now, if you look back at that roadmap, which bits of that roadmap, hang on, right, I wouldn't take that motorway or I wouldn't have gone that way. What learnings do you have from positive and negatives from, you know, the journey you've been on? Because you've been there you know, three and a half years plus yeah. sort of thing. You know, what, what are your learnings? I would say probably one of the most critical things yeah. was was sitting in front of the CFO with that strategic roadmap, you know, really sort of talking to that so that so that the understanding of the and the groundwork and the foundation is there because you know if you just have discussions and meetings these things go in in one year in out the other and and you, if you don't if you don't approach this in a strategic approach and a, a roadmap approach it's difficult to kind of convince the rest of the community because yes it goes up to the CEO level and sometimes it goes up to even a board level to get approval for for, for certain levels you know of projects that you want to implement yeah but I would say. An absolute success from my own personal point of view, and this is advice that I took from, from a colleague in a previous company, he says, you know, make sure that you've got your roadmap sorted and you know where you want to go. So mm. it's almost like your goals that you want to achieve. Mm. So that's always a document that we refer back to. We look back at, okay, what was our risk then? How is it addressed now? You know, what do we still need to refine and change? So absolutely, that ties right back into the, I would say, cliched first 100 days of a treasurer. Mm. Right, you know, getting to know your your stakeholders, making sure you invest enough time in each department, and so that they know who you are, but they need to see what your passion is, and that you that you're here to 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 make a change, to make a positive change for the environment. So one of the things, Mike, you know, looking back also at the at the journey, you know, it sounds like just everything went well. I mean, obviously that's not always the case. No. One thing that that I'm particularly, you know, I would say, excited about and was was happy to do is is the way we. We implemented and, and let's say tried to drive the change management, which is most likely one of the most technically difficult things to do in a, in, in a global transformation like this, because you have you know massive cultural differences. But what we try to do is we try to have your typical you know I would say information sessions. We had slide decks, but then what we did is we, we we created a lot of Microsoft Stream videos where people can actually go in and say, okay, but this is how I do this process, and these are the five clicks to retrieve that information. All right, so we really try to to kind of meet all you know I would say learning I would say mediums for people, but even still, even though I thought that was brilliant, some people you know just didn't look at it. Right. So the, those are the things that I always wanted. How can you do that differently? And yes, we also brought in support there. So that was something that we were also particularly proud of, you know, I would say in this journey. Mm. You know, looking back, I would say you can always spend more time, you know, informing and educating people and getting them, you know, to believe what you believe and see what you see. Sometimes that you're just a bit of, you know, I would say drawn back about it, you know, with the amount of time you have it you know, available to, to, to bring it forward. You know, so timeline adds all the pressure. So looking back, you know, I would have loved to spend more time, you know, with people, but I'm not so sure that would have, you know, made such a big difference because in certain cases, you just have to bring it live before they start working on it. Yeah, but you say that. I, I love that idea of the, and I, and they've done that a little bit Honeywell. I remember Severine saying this before some of the, they created videos and actually we yeah. ask our website guys a lot of the time now because, you know, they've had a change of staffing and stuff. But what we did is I said, look, 
can you show us how to do this? You know, a lot of the time, I don't want us to do it, but actually if we're stuck, rather than waiting for them to do it or anything else, is that can you just do a screen show us how yeah. to do it? We're yeah. not always going to do it. And I think that's the mistake. Some people, oh, well, you must do it. I've said to the guys, I, you know, that's not our key things. We They're mm-hmm. much better designers. They're much better web programmers. But if we need to jump on the tools and things, yeah, that's, you know, really empowers people within treasury yeah, i think as well absolutely absolutely and then you know one of the other things we did mike and i think that's probably the the auditor that came back to me and, and also being involved in the socks environment you know we we really went out and and, and, and flow charted our processes because i wanted to also distribute this to our stakeholders to see mm. what's it, what is happening behind the scenes so that you know i think a lot of people you know kind of think okay as treasury what did treasury do you know, okay, great. What's the cash balance today? And it's it's about way more than just that, right? I mean, mm. it drills into various other things as well. But we have we have we have a complete set of flowcharts, and these we will make available to the stakeholders, and we've distributed some of that so that there's a there's, that hopefully they can be you know looked into and say, okay, how okay, now I understand the process, and that's why we need mm. to do this in order for Treasury to do that. And AC, let's just you know, you say about where are you up to now? With, with Treasury. And, you know, we've got another, you know, five, 10 minutes of the show, yep. you know, and before we do get to that stage, and I know that, as I said at the beginning, we, we could just talk for hours because I love the passion, but also the understanding yep. of Treasury. Where do you see it sort of, you've embraced this technology, it's it's working with you guys, a lot of straight through processing and lots of stuff, but where do you see it going next? Where do you see it developing, you know, and then we'll come on to sort of a reflection, if you like, for the other, you know, the people yep. listening today, but, you know, where do you see it? Whenever we talk about technologies and the, the 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 so-called buzzwords that you hear all the time is today, you know, blockchain, RPA, mm. and machine learning, and all of that. The thing is, you know, fundamental to these things, it, it, the processes needs to be established. So you need to you need to establish the process, and then you can mm. use the technology. The technology is an absolute enabler, and you can already see that today, Mike, with treasury teams getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And then you know, with another crisis that hit now with the pandemic, suddenly. You know, it is not just a luxury to have a treasury team, but it's also it's a must to have that visibility on mm-hmm. planning and cash management, et cetera, et cetera. So that's sort of similar to the stories that I were told about 2008, because that's just literally when I started with PwC just after you know my studies. It's an increased focus. So treasurers need to be technology savvy. I mean, I think that's not something new, right? So you need to be technology savvy, but mm-hmm. you need to kind of see where you can cut down and I would say this sounds like a derogatory term, but cut down, you know, repetitive monkey work so, so that you can be strategic mm. also in your analyst level, right? So, you know, free up time for people to, to, to be able to look at information that can make a difference. Mm. So, yes, I think technology is at the forefront. Yes, we're going to see more around API connections. We're going to see more around, you know, machine, robot, you know, RPAs, et cetera, et cetera. But... <laughs> You need to get your house in order before you can even look at these technologies. And a lot of us have been you know, struggling to get the house in order before you, before you go that direction. But yes, Treasury will remain and keep on being a strategic business partner. And I believe it's a strong resource for a management team and especially a CFO to utilize. And, 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 mm-hmm. and, and once that is understood, you know, it, it's just an, you know, it increases a CFO's, I would say, tool set. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to, yeah, well, I, again, I don't want to run out of time today. I just want to keep talking, but we can't, we can't, we keep it at this. As we look back today and, you know, 
reflect back over, I want you to be able to give some tips to the guys today. And, and again, as always, maybe we're looking at the more junior candidates, you know, that are, you know, earlier on in their stage, they're, they're you 10 years ago, yeah. you know, um, and they are, you know, working for an audit firm and do call us. We're happy to move you on and things. And then we maybe talk to the guys at sort of mid-level and things like that, making the next step up. Or the, you know, guys similar level that are group treasurers and, you know, oh, actually we should be embracing these, you know, technologies that get rid of repetitive, you know, and, and we can systematize this stuff. Looking at each of those, you know, maybe we reflect on those. What are the tips you would give people? We'll put your LinkedIn, you know, details yep. in the show notes as we do every week. Sometimes it's just a couple of minutes, but I'd, yep. I'd actually, I think there's more to give. So go back to you. What do you think? Yeah, I would say for me, for me, that's really twofold, Mike. On the yep. one side is educate yourself and make sure you've got the right set of qualifications, right? And I mm. think that goes without saying, because that gets you through the door. If you really want to advance your career, that gets you through the door. Yeah. But then once you are there, once you are there, you know, then you're part of that group and part of that pool, then you need to show, you know, what you're worth. So I could not stress this more that you need to challenge the status quo every day, right? Sometimes it comes with a bit of frustration and I don't think everybody likes it, but I would say challenge the status quo and show the people what you work for, you work with your passion for what you're doing. Mm. And then mm. lastly, back yourself. You know, because I think, you know, more often than not, you're sitting in scenarios where you think, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? You know, and then in looking back, you always think, you would think, you know, I should have done that. So yeah, I would say, you know, back yourself because once you've equipped yourself with the right, you know, experience, let's call it in qualifications, hmm. you know, it's time to step it up and, and put yourself out there and make mistakes. You know, unfortunately, in the treasury world, you know, we are not, I would say, really allowed to make a lot of mistakes because it has real impact. So, but, you know, I'm talking about, you know, the, 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 the opportunity to do stuff and, and, right. and ask the questions and Stretch. raise your voice. Exactly. Go for it. Mm. I mean, it, it does not hold. I mean, we all said, do not hold back. You know, don't hold back. Mm. If you want to sit and, you know, just happy with what you're doing, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you want to go for it, just do it. Mm-hmm. Then with the mid-level guys and, you know, coming up, what, you know, looking back at the steps you've made, you know, what would, what would you say? You know, you got to that, you know, treasurer position relatively early, if that's all right. You know, you yeah, just made some yeah. rapid moves, you got that passion. Is that just you and the drive or would you, what would you say to other guys? Well, it's, it's a lot of the times it's opportunity and timing based. There's no doubt about that. And somebody has to see something in you that and they would ultimately take, take you on. But, you know, I think in any level, you know, I think for me, one of the biggest challenges is, was running somebody else's race. And I wanted to actually run my own race. And I wanted to show that, listen, I can do this, this, this. And that sometimes... Mike is difficult because once you start challenging your leader too much, you know, I think the, the it's not always received, you know, very positive. It's it's in very mature managed situations where somebody said, Listen, this guy's a go-getter, let's bring him up, let's bring him up. But you know, at any level, you need to see, listen, what can I do today? What can I learn today to you know to bring me one step closer to where I want to be? And without a doubt, Mike, I think what I found for myself more often than not is when I start to hear. I write down a couple of goals, what I think I want to achieve in the year and where I want to be in two to three years. Mm. And that's almost like a subconscious, I don't want to go into psychology discussion here, but it's almost like a subconscious programming where I tell myself, listen, this is where I think I should be and go. And, I, mm. and then I take it from, you know, detailed levels to, you know, to title, remuneration and all of that. You know, so that 
that is part of, I would say, a little bit of the inside of how, how, I, how I've done it. What's next for you? What's next for the world of treasury? You know, where do you think people should be focusing their attentions? You know, and I don't, I, you know, and that's a bit of a, I know it's a massive question and stuff. And if I qualify a little bit, you know, let's look at us. You know, we're looking at doing the world's returning. You know, we haven't gone into COVID today. I didn't think, you know, I thought, well, let's have a rest from that sort of thing. Yeah. But we'll just, you know, we'll bring it up as I brought it up. You know, we've got through that. You know, the world of treasury recruitment is improving, which is blooming brilliant and, and everything else. You know, the key thing for me is actually, and anyone listening today, we're going to be actually sending out a lot more. And we're we've, listening to people like you and the embracing of automation, we have a great CRM. And actually, we're going to be reaching out automatically to people. And that's mm-hmm. not to take out the human contact. It's to improve the human contact. But it's a lot of, exactly as you said, a lot of extra work to then get to that less work stage, that automation later on, yeah. which yeah. makes our jobs more interesting. That's a key thing for us. And it sounds like I know that you've embraced that sort of thing. But what would you, you know, what's next? You know, that's the big question. Where do you see things maybe going? You know, we've got the internal, external, you know, back to you as we, you know, this will be the wrap up for today's episode. So what are you seeing? Yeah, Mike, I think so. It's been a pleasure being on your on your podcast today. I think for us internally, we'll keep on refining our processes and stretch, I would say, best practice treasury, I would say, tools, you know, yeah. and to, to, to really enhance processes. But then also look at virtual structures like we've already been started to implement, you know, and the typical payment factories, et cetera. Perfect. So we will just keep on working on that and, and, and refining and, you know, making the treasury more efficient. With regards to new technology, you know, sometimes it annoys me a bit hearing, always hearing about blockchain and all these technologies, yeah. although they're yeah. all great and brilliant and all exciting. But, you know, I don't see a lot of application of that, you know, with, with people that are still running treasuries, you know, that need to be, let's say, revamped or transformed. So, very, very exciting. But what I do see is I think there's just going to be more and more integration and take on of fintech solutions, you know, whatever that may be. And that might also sound like a buzzword, but, mm-hmm. you know, you could see the banking environment are also very much focusing on that to see how exposed they are and what do they need to take in and take on. But, you know, you, you can see the space, especially around payment and spend management, and you see that also with the latest, I would really just call it out the latest, you know, acquisition from Coupa of, of Bellin. You know that you, you that you couple you couple the spend management with with the, with treasury and it's it's going to be a winning solution and and, mm. and I think it's going to be great. So that I see almost like as Iris, I do see that there's a lot of focus on on fintechs and you know what it's 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 to reduce repetitive repetitive processes. You know, get yeah. rid of repetitive processes and be strategic. Amazing, AC. Uh, we as I said, we could talk for hours, and we will do over a beer or two when we're allowed out of our houses. It won't be long. Thank you for today's episode. I know people will get a lot. We'll put your LinkedIn details in the show notes. It's going to grow your network, and yeah, another great person having your network. And look forward to you celebrating you winning your next couple of Adam Smith Awards. You know, just a nice <laughs> do the treble next time. That'd be lovely. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Hello, it's Mike here again. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. If you did, then maybe you want to follow the show or subscribe, depending on where you listen, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, or another great place to listen to the show from. It's totally free and means that you'll be the first to see each and every week when we release a new show. And maybe whilst you're there, you could even leave a quick review. Reviews and ratings are among the most important metrics for a podcast to effectively rank. And as you can probably appreciate, the podcast is a lot of hard work to produce every week. It'd be amazing 
just take, say, 20 seconds, leave a quick review of my amazing guests and their great career stories. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks very much, and I can't wait to see you soon.